2: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is
3: Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
0: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of the Force Center podcast feed is the Clone Wars Report.
4: <laughs>
0: very, very exciting music. That was like a, a great actual action music, and there's something about it that made me feel like it was like an ad for like a Western steak restaurant at the same time.
4: I just came from a faux uh, Western barbecue restaurant, so maybe that is <laughs> in my soul and gut. The food in your gut sang to us
0: today. That's beautiful. Uh, We are very happy to be here. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw and the person who makes the beautiful music at the top of every episode of the Clone Wars Report is Ken Nabsock. We are going through the entire Clone Wars animated series in discussing each arc or episode as the case may be. And Ken, for this episode of our podcast... Uh, We're right in the middle of season four, and uh, we're in the dark period. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How you How you feeling uh, uh, as we go into this? We're going to be talking today about the three episode arc, the Zigerian terror. How how are you coping?
4: I mean, you know, remember those two episodes with three PO and R two on magical missions with uh, frog elves and uh, you know little uh, brownies from Willows? Yeah, yeah. It's not that anymore.
0: Yeah, a little light dictator crushing feels just like absolute candy and rainbows compared to this arc
4: (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah.
0: a very important very good arc but uh, we wanted to acknowledge right away at the top an intense one uh following up uh, the intense arc of pong krell uh the episodes in this arc that we are discussing this episode season four episode 11 kidnapped written by henry gilroy uh with the uh, credit of additional writing by Stephen melching yeah. That one is directed by Kyle Dunleavy, then season four, episode 12, Slaves of the Republic, written by Henry Gilroy, again, Stephen Melching as well, directed by Brian Kalen O'Connell, season four, episode 13, Escape from Cadaver. Uh same writing team, and directed by Danny Keller, so consistent writing team, uh, three different great familiar uh, Clone Wars directors, and uh, the, the writing stuff's really interesting, isn't it, Ken?
4: It absolutely is, and and, and where this kind of came from uh, with the the comic series that you know I'm sure we'll address here. I and I just um, I really I don't know why I feel sometimes feel protective of the legacy of Henry Gilroy in Star Wars. <laughs> I have been fortunate to meet him for about ten minutes, both of us with a couple drinks in our. Systems at a party That's all I have no connection to him Joseph I just think he he's He's such a good Star Wars writer and Star Wars mind And This is nothing against Filoni But as we talked about here Sometimes a man in the cowboy hat Is front and center And that's not all Who, who makes the show And he's so Just Important Just in, in terms of the development Of the early Star Wars uh, Clone Wars stuff And so to see his name Pop up here for these Important uh, episodes Again I know based on A uh, 2008 comic series It's just I, I was like We're in good hands We're in good hands For these episodes yeah, no, I'm with you.
0: I, I have this uh, feeling like I, I don't even know how to describe the feeling. Uh, I will use the cliche of a warm glow when you're watching a show you already like and then the writer or a director that you're like, yeah, comes on the screen. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, for me in classic Doctor Who, that's Robert Holmes. Uh, when it's it's Robert Holmes written serial, I'm like, yeah, warm glow inside. Um, And I feel that way about uh, Henry Gilroy.
4: Yeah. Yeah, Conan O'Brien Simpsons, Joseph Scrimshaw and Tig Tone. These are the names. These are the names.
0: That is very kind of you. Very kind. Stephen Melching, of course, uh, also contributed uh, massively uh, to the Clone Wars. That's also a warm glow name for me. Yeah. Uh, we could talk about warm glows all day, but should we get into this uh, <laughs> this very rough arc?
4: Considering it's hot in Burbank today, yes, uh, move on. No warm glows anymore.
0: Excellent. Here is the summary. Once again, tried to keep it short. Once again, Failed. Here we go. Peace disrupted. On the planet Kiros, a colony of art loving Togrutas are forced to take a side in the ongoing war. Count Dooku hands over the Tegruda people to the vile Jigerians, who hope to rebuild the empire of slavery that brought them wealth before it was decimated long ago by the Jedi. Our Jedi heroes, Anakin Skywalker, Obi Wan Kenobi, and Padawan Ahsoka Tano, arrive on Kiros. As Nigerian commander, Darts Dinar threatens to set off bombs around the colony, killing Togruta hostages unless the Jedi submit and fulfill his desire for revenge and control. Obi-Wan challenges Darts Dinar to ritual combat and endures a brutal beating. This buys Anakin and Ahsoka time to defuse the bombs. After the bombs are neutralized, the Jedi realize they've been set up, the Togruta are long gone. Anakin, driven by his own horrific experiences as a slave is determined to stop the Zygerians. He and Ahsoka board darts Dinar's escaping ship, defeat his pet Blixis, and force Dinar to reveal the Togruta colonists have already been taken back to the Zygerian Empire to be sold and, in defiance of the Jedi and Republic, restart the slave auctions of old. Using Dinar's captured Zygerian ship, Zygerian's really hard to say, especially when I've usually been saying Zygerian, but they say Zygerian throughout this episode, so I'm trying to change. I do,
4: yes.
0: (laughs) Using Dinar's captured Zygerian ship, our heroes travel to Zygeria. Rex and Obi-Wan search for the captured Degruda while Anakin poses as a master in Ahsoka as a captured prize to be sold. Anakin and Ahsoka successfully make contact with Queen Mirage Sintel, and Anakin works hard to charm her. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan is captured. The Queen seeks to prove Anakin's loyalty at the auction by commanding him to strike a chained Obi-Wan. Anakin resists, calling on R2-D2 to launch the Jedi's hidden lightsabers, all four of them, into their waiting hands. After a brief but valiant battle, Rex, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka are all captured. Seeking to prove she can control Anakin, the Queen makes him an offer. Serve willingly by her side, like the selfless Jedi he claims to be, and she will let his friends go free. As Anakin wrestles with his destiny, Obi-Wan and Rex are imprisoned on the Zygerian's processing facility on Kadavo. Obi Wan attempts to resist, but the Tegruta colonists are punished in his place by Keeper Egrus. Again, the Zygerians seek to prove they can break a Jedi's will using their empathy as a weakness. But troubles mount for Queen Mirage Sintel when her prime minister, Ete Molek, worries about her dangerous obsession with Anakin. Molek calls Dooku. Darth Sidious then tells his apprentice the Sith will need slaves and does not want the competition from the Zygerians. Dooku arrives and tells the Queen he has no interest in breaking the Jedi's soul, just killing them. Anakin challenges the Queen, telling her she is a servant of the Sith. The Queen sends Anakin away, and he frees Ahsoka, but by the time the Jedi return, Dooku has force-choked the Queen. Anakin and Ahsoka escape. With the Queen and with her dying breath, Queen Mirage tells Anakin about Kadavo and insists he was right. She, too, is a slave, and there's no escape. Anakin and Ahsoka arrive on Kadavo with Republic reinforcements. Obi-Wan and Rex stage a revolt. Keeper Agris retaliates by slowly opening the cage of the Dekruda, threatening to send them falling to their doom. Ahsoka, determined to rescue her people, figures out a strategy to get the Togruta on board a Republic ship. Obi-Wan bests Keeper Agros, who mockingly says a Jedi won't kill an unarmed prisoner. Rex declares he's no Jedi and launches a staff into the Zygerian's chest and kills him. Safely on Republic ships, Anakin insists Ahsoka's the real hero of the day. The traumatized Zy- uh, uh, Togruta thank Ahsoka and declared they will join the Republic after all. Which as we all know, sadly, won't work out that great for them in the long run, probably. The
4: end. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. There's a lot in there, a lot in there, a lot of twists and turns, and uh, a lot of uh, very interesting ideas that I'm sure we're going to dive into here. But I want to just dive into your big picture reaction, Ken. You love this episode, like it, struggle with it. How does it compare to when you first watched it to now? All that great yeah. stuff.
4: Yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I consider this a very important arc, and we'll, we'll get some of the big reasons for that here. But this is one of the arcs. I'll say it this way: I definitely remembered this. <laughs> I even sometimes will reference it. I didn't remember anything that happened in it. <laughs> Just really, don't know. yeah. What do you? What did you think you remembered? <laughs> um, great question. I think I remembered. Um, Obi-Wan going undercover as Reiko Hardeen, which is clearly not this arc.
0: <laughs> he was so successfully went undercover that he disappeared into a different uh, Clone Wars arc in your mind.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. Really don't remember much of it other than. yeah, Oh, yeah. The Zygerian or now correctly Zygerian uh, uh, slavers arc. totally remember that. And again, I totally do. Jokes aside, I, I remember it. I just I'd been it'd been a long time. I didn't go back to it because, you know, ah, it's too dark. I don't want to deal with it or anything like that. No, no, no. I just, you know, when you're, you're, uh, it's a Saturday afternoon, I'm going to watch the Clone Wars. You're not going to go to this arc. I don't think, uh, you're going to go to something else. So I think I just, I just hadn't experienced it in a while.
0: Yeah. So what, do, what was your take then when you experienced it? Do you, did you really like it? Uh, did you like it with some reservations because of the really heavy subject matter?
4: No, I actually, I actually love it. Cause I, I, I in the sense that it's, um, look, you know, using, uh, um, Slavery of any kind, no matter what uh, world, fantasy world you're in, or or real world, it it it, it could be. You got to thread that needle, and we're more aware of that now than you, even then. And some even my beloved Game of Thrones has done it well and done it bad in the mm-hmm. same sometimes same same episode. <laughs> Uh, Only because you just it's a pretty it's a pretty grim, realistic thing throughout history of of mankind, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Um, Beyond any specific uh, uh, example of it. So uh, to use it because it is part of the Star Wars story, clearly established, clearly in Return of the Jedi, we're dealing with it. I I think uh, by the time we get to Phantom Menace, it's 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 a thing in Star Wars. And then the big question of you know, why didn't Qui-Gon do this and this and that? And I think even E. K. Johnston getting a chance to wrestle with it in the first Padme novel. I do love when it's dealt with in star Wars, just on this, how does it affect this story in this world we love, but then to use it as this backdrop for some real deep stuff that I don't even know, you know me, I don't necessarily have all the answers to the deeper stuff. Wars. <laughs> sometimes I even have more questions or, or it's great thought starter stuff to use that as a backdrop for Anakin's path, uh, the Jedi and their place in the relationship with the Republic. It, it's real deep and smart stuff with also, by the way, some good action, some fun quips and a lot of, a lot of violence.
0: Yes. Yes. There's definitely uh, some good action. There's definitely uh, some fun quips, fun if dark quips. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, I, I, I like what you're saying is I, I really love this arc. I'm a little haunted by it because it is, Um, it is, it doesn't, it is still telling a fantasy story. Right. And you could, I think, Uh, is a non-parent you could safely sit down and watch this with a kid and you could handle some some questions it's still Mm. an adventure serial on its surface but also when it's really digging into the ideas it doesn't flinch away from yeah no we are we are highlighting that this uh, horror of Mm. a, a, a society that believes that strength and power is everything and they believe because of that philosophy they believe that they have a right to own and sell, you know, other sentient beings. Like, it does not flinch away from it. It's not just like a kind of a, a detail in a fantasy world. It is It is the point of the arc, and that's what gives it, that's what makes me really love it, but also be haunted by it.
4: Yeah, yeah. Again, if you're, if you're deciding to tell this kind of story, it, it, to me, now more than ever, you know, we have grown up as a society, and Clone Wars came about during a different era, where we are starting to see some changes, but bigger changes, societal changes, I think have happened or have been asked to, you know, have ha- happened in the last couple of years here. So you look at things a little differently. I think if you're going to decide to do, hey, we're doing the story about slavery, I don't want it to be some sort of plot tool for you. I want it to have some meaning and some and some relevance to to the bigger story and some some painful lessons, maybe even too. And I, I think this episode succeeds. These episodes succeed on all of those kind of bigger levels.
0: Yeah, absolutely for me, and I think. The- Part of what is so successful about it is, it isn't just like, uh, you know, it's set in a different era, a different time, and some Jedi go and they encounter a horrible world like that. That's fine. That that story yeah. could happen. That did happen a little bit. In Master and apprentice, and I, I think that was that was handled really well. Uh, well, there. But this is this arc is so much um, uh, telling the story of the Clone Wars. So many big mm-hmm. picture important things are being advanced. Uh, I think the biggest of which is you know, it, it, it isn't random to me that this is the second horribly dark arc in a row, right? That we had uh, the, the Pong Krell where he has seen visions of uh, the Jedi falling and he wants to be on the winning side and is, uh, in my opinion, kind of lost in his mind and is selling clone, uh, sending clones to their slaughter on purpose. And now we have uh, this uh, society, the Nigerian who are like, hey, the galaxy's kind of falling apart and maybe the Republic and the Jedi aren't going to be around. We're going back. Yeah. to our empire right so it is explicitly to me a story of all of the darkness i, I talked in our last episode about you know yoda saying the shroud or the dark side has fallen i think this is all this stuff in his his mind like it's it's not just that we're going to have a battle all these dominoes are going to fall what other horrors are going to happen because we're we're busy fighting a war you know and this mm-hmm. is one of those big horrors that is happening because of
4: it no, I, I love that you brought that up last week and, and this week to, to connected to that. Um, you know, again, when that line uh, uh, appears in, uh, in tech clones, right. Um, it, it, I don't think George is specifically ready to connect it to all these things, but then you're building clone wars back to parts of the prequels, right? Hey, let's build out this thought. Let's build out this emotion. Let's build out this lesson. I think these episodes actually build to that type of thing of, of, when Yoda says that and I first hear it, I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to fight some Sith with red lights. <laughs> and, and that's part of it. Um, mm-hmm. but it's all, and this is why you and I talk often about, you know, you know, who's the main villain in Solo, the movie, the Empire and their opp- oppression. That's right. the main enemy. And and I love uh, love what you're saying. And, and it's like this is diving into the Clone Wars and all aspects around it, how that how it's fueling and, uh, the fire, of the dark side in, in so many ways.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And and then I love that it, this arc also just in, in the big picture really touches touches on a, a couple of ongoing stories, uh, just the, the setup that uh, it is getting harder and harder for any society to be neutral in the war, right? Uh, because it starts with the Separatists basically coming to uh, the planet that these to Tegruta colonists are on and saying like, well, this, this planet's ours now. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
0: There's no not taking a side, right? Uh, right. That's a big picture thing that has been developing over the entire animated series. That there's no escaping the war; it, the larger it gets. I think we're also moving forward on the big picture, really explicitly about how how competent Ahsoka is and mm-hmm. how much she is coming into her own is highlighted a couple points in this arc. And then it is really important, it just a huge canon thing to me. And one of the things that stuck in my head is that this is this confirmation that Anakin has not told basic truths of his life <laughs> to ahsoka yeah. and this is so much uh, there's a lot of ways that anakin is is challenged but on a real functional level uh there's a lot in this arc where he is just slipping towards violence being absolutely fine with him
4: uh-huh big slippery <laughs> slope right he's yep. he's uh, he's stepped in that shower and uh, there's no little f- grippy flower things to save you
0: yep yep <laughs> Uh, final thing for me on the, the big picture reaction, I have to be honest that like when I first watched this arc, uh, I had some resistance because the sheer amount of abuse, uh, my, my dear favorite Obi-Wan Kenobi takes. And I, I, I had some resistance watching this, like, come on, Obi-Wan had to find a way out. And it was, it was really fun for me to rewatch this and go, okay, okay. Don't just be upset because your favorite's being punched. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, look at exactly what he's doing, and why, and when, and what does it mean? And I felt so much better about the uh, absolute punishment that uh, Obi Wan takes.
4: I, I'm watching this one. We'll talk about it a little bit more, uh, but just uh, this. And then when he goes, it just made me think of that moment where he kicks General Grievous in the shin. I'm like, Obi-Wan, you've been through so much. You should know better. (laughs) Come on, man.
0: (laughs) Learn some lessons. All right. Let's get into the morals of the episode. We always like to talk about the morals that appear on the actual screen at the top of the episode's uh, three morals this time around. So here are the three morals. Where we are going always reflects where we came from. Those who enslave others inevitably become slaves themselves. And finally, great hope can come from small sacrifices. What do you make of these, uh, these morals? Did any of them speak to you?
4: I think where we are going always reflects where we came from is one that haunts me as I constantly (laughs) try to uh, break back bad habits or change things about my, my life or my career. Um, I, I, I think perhaps because, uh, you know, the moment you're pressing playing these episodes, you know, you know we're getting some some maybe darker stuff in Star Wars. I I really love the last one. We've been talking so much about hope, hope versus fear. That is the core of Star Wars in many ways. Great hope can come from small sacrifices. Uh, absolutely love that. Love that it, it's place in this arc because you 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 want this all to kind of end up okay. Uh, and I really like that one.
0: Yeah, no, it is after after dark arc. It is nice to have one that is uh, is hopeful, and also I think um. That idea, uh, great hope can come from small sacrifices. You know, for me, that's one of those messages that reminds me that that. In my opinion, star wars is this grand operatic thing uh, and we're not all gonna be fighting with uh laser swords or you know saving people from uh falling out of
4: <laughs> uh
0: weird prison uh, structures uh, but it can still apply to our day-to- day life of like you know it's so easy to to scroll through social media and feel like there are all of these problems how how is anything that I do gonna make a dent and yeah, kind of being reinforced that idea of like but it, it's worth it if you do a small thing, a small sacrifice, and it helps you know even one other person a little bit. That is good, you know.
4: Yeah, spinning wheel of hope can can start with a small push, I think, and, and I like what that means. And the other ones are are powerful as well. And I think probably at the core of the of the arc more than anything, uh, especially as as it is you know for Anakin who who man you know who who makes we you know some big mistakes coming, but a lot of it. I want to talk about where he came from and how oh, maybe didn't get a chance to fix that.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I like those other two as well, but in uh, the general uh, scope of these Clone Wars morals, I feel like these those are both uh,
4: pretty directly
0: related to the, the big ideas we're going to be talking about. Indeed. So let's dive in. Uh, what did you feel were uh, big themes or big ideas at stake in these episodes? How did you break it down?
4: I want to start with some of the Anakin stuff here. And you, if you all listen, you know, sometimes I... Go wonderful, weird, therapeutic places uh, and dive <laughs> in. And not this; uh, these are things that I think are present in the episode. And the episode makes makes me think about uh, this. There's a lot of trauma, the processing of trauma and unhealed wounds. And I'm focusing on Anakin, and I think there's a I, I describe it as a righteous rage that emerges because of his past. I think we're sympathetic uh, to his journey and and have uh, you know, great try to have understanding of where we know he came from. you mentioned how he kept, kept it from Ahsoka, and um, and I just. Yeah, it starts that place, but we know rage is danger, Uh, danger ranger. Is that it? Uh, (laughs) It's it's a dangerous uh, pill to take because it feels so good. It feels so right. And it's so poisoning as well. So to watch him in this arc, to watch where he ends up, uh, because when he's under kind of uh, control of the queen, so to speak, even I'm like watching these episodes kind of going just lightsaber her. (laughs) <laughs> I, right and, you you yeah. want you want
0: there is an instinct to find the easy path and this yeah the, the, these this arc i think is is partially about
4: like nah. <laughs> yeah yeah and and i'm not, again, not saying this is all like totally in this episode but part of the fun of this is what does it make what's, what's it makes you think about um you know what does this make you think about star wars as a whole and the, and the stories we love and we love to break down and and to see that uh that young boy with hope and phantom menace and how how it went went awry and went awry pretty bad but it kind of we, we make little jokes every now and then of yoda and mace and katty mundy being a little mean to him you know i'm cold sir um i i just wonder if if um, you know that you give someone space but but anakin didn't get to heal didn't get to not heal process it at all uh i know i'm not asking him to forget uh where he came from, forget what happened But I I just he struggled to put his path behind him. Obi-Wan kind of mentions that and it's not that easy. So uh, it's a great point point to like, hey, did he have a chance to have a conversation about a healthy form of processing this versus swallowing what I have always called the emotional hand grenade that at some point is going to explode? And did the Jedi help with that process? Were they built to help with that process? I'm not even putting any blame on it. I'm for justice for the Jedi. But it just it made me think of all that because it's so present, particularly in that first episode.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, I think that is it, it, that is uh, the tragedy of the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin that I think you get to see in these little little blips of that Obi-Wan kind of understands what Anakin is going through. And we know that Obi-Wan is sympathetic, but he kind of struggles to help him, right? He, he yeah. struggles to find a way to say, it is absolutely okay that you are in pain and rage because of what happened to you and your mother. But let's work together to find a way to acknowledge those things and deal with them. So you don't act on them when you don't want to and, and hurt yourself. you know right. Like you get the sense that, that maybe much like that, that great revenge of the Sith scene with, with Yoda where, where Yoda gives Anakin great information, but he does not give it to him in a way that helps Anakin in any way. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it, it's so the, like, you know, you can't just give the people, people the information, right. You have to, yeah. Is a mentor, help them, uh, you know, manifest the, in, the information. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think, uh, I think that we're absolutely seeing throughout this arc example of characters who can't or won't move on
4: from the past
0: and a few yeah. who can, like there's a, I think a nice contrast. Um, yeah. Like, okay. and, 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 go ahead. Sorry.
4: No, no. So yeah. Even yeah. some stuff at the end with the, the Torgruda is a, a little bit more of a healthy step forward.
0: Oh, yeah, abs- absolutely. I think uh, for me, it's, it's framed so clearly that that Anakin's actions are motivated by his past, right? Not yes. just as a slave, obviously that. But then what I was also struck by is like this arc is a really like fractured uh, manifestation of his dream that he talks about in The Phantom Menace, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> it yeah. says, I dream I became a Jedi and, and came back and freed all the slaves. Mm hmm. And he's freeing slaves in this episode, but it doesn't look heroic or joyful. It looks like he is casually slaughtering people that he feels he has a right to casually slaughter. Mm-hmm. Not stopping them. They, they need to be stopped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, people need to be rescued and the Zigerians need to be stopped. But there is a very specific energy to the way he's just like, y- y- uh, I, I'm judge, jury, and executioner, and you die now.
4: Well, there, there's so many, we're seeing so much of it in Clone Wars season three and four and four, you know, th- three and four big things, serious things start happening. Not that they aren't present in the first two, of course. Uh, they, in fact, think of some of the Mandalore stuff in season two where it where, where just, it is this constant roadmap for Anakin uh, to to p- perhaps see and make better choices going forward. And he, and he does sometimes, and a lot of times he doesn't. And a lot of times you just see the, 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 the cranium. And I take that, I take that as a little bit of, of a lesson for uh, yeah, not us just to point out and go, hey, that's like the Return of the Jedi thing or that's like Revenge of the Sith. But to look at it and go, life does that too. This is why that first one I said, it haunts me, that first moral of where we're going always reflects where we came from. And bad, I just boil it down, I'm just giving an example of bad habits. But for Anakin, it's just like, in three acts, this keeps playing out over and over and over again across the galaxy. And you keep making sometimes worse decisions than before, but maybe you survive. Maybe you get out of it by the skin of your teeth. Maybe you save the day, thinking back some of the, the brain invader worm stuff, you know, where he kind of rushes in. But hey, maybe it ends up okay. And so how it all just keeps flowing into his eventual fall.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, there is that, that great moment where he and Ahsoka are, are, you know, getting getting closer to rescuing the Togruta, and he just rushes in after he uh, opens the door and just like, yeah, there would have been a lot of ways you could have force-pushed them, you could have hacked a hand off, and he just slaughters them, right? And, and, they cut, and they cut away to Ahsoka. Yeah, and she gives a little, like, come on, Master, right? Yeah. And so, like, she, there, I, I had forgot about that shot and it to me it's like it's it's so big to Anakin's arc because it is that slippery slope of um yeah the Zygerians need to be stopped and the Jedi philosophy is clearly if you know it's life or death mm-hmm. so be it the, the Zygerians have made their choice but you can see it's such a slippery slope from Anakin's mindset to me is well look they they have done something awful and uh they deserve to die
4: mm-hmm Mm -hmm.
0: but is that because of what they represent about your pain in the past or is the way you're you're just cutting them down helping rescue the people you're doing and if you can get to that mental place of ah yep the uh they've wronged the galaxy so i can just slaughter them that's Mm -hmm. a that's just a step away from they have personally wronged me yeah (laughs) and now i have you know, in my own mind, my permission. You know, and that's what that's what uh, uh, Sidious is working on, right? Of saying like, yeah, yeah, of course, Anakin, it's natural. The Dooku cut off your arm. The Tuscan Raiders, uh, mm-hmm. you know, killed your mom. Of course, anybody who
4: wrongs you deserves to die. That's that's totally natural. Good job, buddy. <laughs> this is in sports terms. He is pushing the football of hate down the field. Yep. It's just that <laughs> yeah, one more yard, one more first down. And, 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 and I even for the second episode, there's a lot of this talk of, you know, sacrificing principles of the relationship of the Jedi and the Republic, which is completely up for scrutiny being scrutinized. But I, I wrote that on this note of it, it's given in, in given into fear for seemingly good causes at first. Fear motivates. And again, again, time and time again, but a lot of it is really saving his mother, saving Padme. Of course, these are good things. And if, if we look at star Wars, as these morality tales, Old George and the 12-year-old talk there again and again and again. This is, again, signposts. See how he keeps doing this? See how he keeps doing this? See how each one is just – the slope is more slippery every time. Yeah. And I love, yeah. I, I love that these episodes really get into that as well as some of the universe, galaxy-related stuff of, hey, there's slavery in the galaxy and you know, blah, 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 those issues as well. But this is – the Anakin stuff really moves these episodes.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I really like that it is it isn't just Anakin, right? This, this theme that's really pointed out by that moral, this big idea of moving on from the past uh, or not is really reflected in the big groups. The The Zigerians want their old empire back. That's their whole thing. It wasn't like, a, eh, we're just starting this up. They so want the past back. They feel they deserve the past, right? Uh, right. Uh, I wrote down this quote of, uh, long before this war, you Jedi destroyed the great Zigerian slave empire. Um, everything is being motivated. The Zigerians are being motivated by vengeance and hatred. It's not even like they're trying to do the auction and the Jedi are stopping them. It's like, they're trying to work the Jedi into the auction so they can punish them.
4: Yes. Yes. <laughs> you
0: know, it, it Darts to Nair is explicitly like, I'm supposed to have left this planet, but I stayed behind to break a Jedi. You know, like, uh, every, everybody wants to break a Jedi because they have not let go of the past. They're, they yep. you know, working through their trauma of, of what they think is their trauma of losing this great empire. Yeah,
4: uh, yeah.
0: And then, you know, we, we know that the Sith clings to things, but I thought it was great that even in this brief uh, like two-line appearance from Sidious he's like clinging to the past his quote to uh, Duku mm. is a uh, long have Sith empires been built on the backs of slaves to carry on this tradition we will require millions S- super scary uh you yeah. know shut down their because I don't want competition <laughs> yeah. yeah uh but it's also yet another reflection of you know an individual or a larger group who is all about uh, obsessed with getting back what they had
4: mm.
0: yeah um and then, and then I think in a, in a positive light, there isn't a heavy hand on it, but the choice of the, you know, the, the people who are victimized, uh, being the Togruta is clearly on purpose, right? Because Ahsoka brings it up a couple times. She says, uh, when they're wondering where the Togruta went, she said, vanished, impossible. Those are my people. Right. And not even, you know, uh, it, it seems like she has this emotional connection. She really, you know, firmly says at the end, I'm going to help my people, right she makes a thing about it how they're they're her people but it seems like it is about compassion not about there's nothing in in this arc where Ahsoka crosses a line and handles the situation differently because they are her people it's just that she feels this connection to her past I
4: think what did you make of all that uh it is uh um you know, not at the risk of uh, offending uh, old generation Star Wars fans. It's it's kind of this more proof of, of Anakin, uh, excuse me, Ahsoka, uh, being the, the best example of Jedi. I'll <laughs> just say that clickbaity headline he- headline title. Um, not that she's perfect and doesn't come to, you know, have valuable lessons and 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 this is her journey, her story, but it's this idea of uh, where we know she ends up, where we know Anakin ends up, uh, two different uh, feelings, right? Two different things swirling, emotions swirling around those final moments with them in the Clone Wars, Uh, not counting uh, season seven we are blessed to get. But if you talk about just where we end with Ahsoka in the main arcs of Clone Wars. um, Yeah, I I think it's I think you said it well. I'm comparing this to say the Tusken Raider incident in Attack of Clones, which was you know more specific to his mother and the, some of the issues. And again, we're not, we're not saying this. Not, you know, all this is easy for Anakin.
1: No. You
4: know, this, this isn't buck up, kid, uh, take a lap, hit the shower so you'll feel great. This is, you know, it's, it's important <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it's not walk off
0: your emotional trauma, Anakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work through it appropriately so you don't hurt yourself yeah. and others.
4: But I, I I look at that and look at how Sidious... City, city leaned into that well yeah man you killed the you killed the raiders and now this is uh ahsoka and her people there should be you you would see, think the same thing she would go lightsabers out uh and just start hacking people in half and she does not make that decision she she takes a different way different path and i'm not saying she's like you know she's the perfect one every you know i don't mean that in a fighting in a fighting way like i'm on a debate show but Time and time again, when faced with choices, she makes different ones than Anakin that I think end up are just better, more healthy, more right.
0: Yeah, I think what I really appreciate the more I watch the Clone Wars animated series is sometimes it's pointed out really directly and other times it's just there that Anakin and Ahsoka share compassion, deep, deep, deep compassion for others. But where Anakin allows that compassion to curdle into uh, fear and anger and violence, Uh, ahsoka consistently manages to keep it about well if i care about that person then what can i do to help them and keep the focus on the people that she cares about rather than her own fears and and anxieties
4: well perfectly said not just well said perfectly said because that that really just uh is that is that um The example i was thinking of earlier just you know even uh, anakin has been a few times where he has lost contact with her and how he reacts and how he does it and valuable lessons and some days yeah you rush in and you save the day and that might be a band-aid on a bigger problem going on within Anakin
0: yeah yeah and 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 for me that kind of funneled into along with this moving on from the past I think one of the other really big ideas for me of this arc is is about compassion in that idea of is it a strength or a weakness right Mm -hmm. um we see this villain trope certainly in Star Wars, but in lots of other places of like, I'm actually more powerful because I don't care about anyone and you caring about other people, Superman <laughs> or Spider-Man or whoever is your greatest weakness. Uh, this dives into that in such interesting ways and ties it specifically to Jedi philosophy. And I feel like in the big picture, uh, we see. All of the Zygerians, all the bad guys, really trying to prove that compassion is weakness. And then in contrast, we see a lot of moments where the heroes actually win by by working together and by being together. Um, a couple examples, uh, you know, the Zygerians just... Have this constant uh, assumption that they can leverage the Jedi's compassion against them, right? By threatening to bomb the hostages, like uh, Darth Stenar does, uh, yeah. dropping the Togruta from the cages, uh, torturing uh, a Tragara, uh, you know, for Obi Wan's defiance. Um, they they even a lot of just direct quotes. Uh, mm-hmm. The Queen says, uh, "When Kenobi realizes he cannot help those around him, his spirit will break, and he will be mine." Mm-hmm. Uh, the Queen makes this kind of explicit, uh, seductive argument to Mm -hmm. Anakin that that Anakin and the Jedi in general, but Anakin in particular uh, enslaves himself by caring about others. You know, there's that conversation uh, where he says, I don't see commitment to slavery. Uh, And she says, Oh, it it is when it comes at the cost of yourself Uh, really pressing on that sort of Jedi idea of being selfless and uh, really pushing on that specific, perfect nerve of Anakin of like, well, you're supposed to be selfless. Mm -hmm. Uh, but in in your journey so far in life to be selfless it means you've lost a lot of people (laughs) so what would happen if you cared a little bit uh, less about others and and you know are are you just being a slave to this this jedi philosophy and then you know that it's actually this the plot point right that she is trying to demonstrate that she can control anakin by saying she'll free his friends if he serves her willingly and just sort of like (laughs) torture test uh Mm -hmm. this relationship with anakin uh, and, and kind of last point for me on on the, the bad guy side of it, I think it's really interesting that, you know, the queen is making all these arguments about, you know, compassion is a weakness. And I can use that to control you and tie you up in knots about your own Jedi philosophy. Mm. But it seems to me that the queen, everything falls apart for the queen because she actually herself becomes a little too attached to Anakin or either yeah. him or the concept of of breaking him. And that's what messes everything up for her, right? She has no connection, no loyalty. The prime minister calls the Sith, uh, yep. who who fulfill their their role of uh, of Qui Gon's bigger fish, <laughs> <laughs> and she dies, you know, saying, "No escape for any of us." You were right, Skywalker. I'm a slave, just as as you yep. are. Uh, so all of this perspective from the bad guys that compassion is weakness. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts or takes on on that big? pressure point that the villains are are doing to the heroes throughout. Uh,
4: well, uh, I I think it's, it's fascinating how you, you said tie and knots. And I, I love, you know, part of the prequels of analyzing the Jedi and it's very easy to focus on some of the stuff she's saying uh, around the idea of, you know, what are you Jedi doing? You're generals in the army. And we know this is like, that's probably legit criticism. Uh, but she's delivering it to Anakin in this way that is absolutely setting them up for what comes later. I love the way you describe it. Of like, I mean, you, you sure, you sure look at all the people you've lost. You didn't have to lose them. Uh, and so you're, you are in service to them, which just fuels Anakin's thoughts on what, uh, he He's about to do and what he's Thinking and how he gets there this is Filling uh, you know one of the big Criticisms of revenge of sith back in the day If i remember correctly i think i was part of these Conversations of i don't know he just turns to the Dark side so fast yeah. uh, <laughs> You know and again it may be In the movie maybe i don't know you need One or two other beats i don't think so now but maybe I didn't then then but it was already At play in phantom menace it was already a play in Attack of Hones. and now this show gets to really dig into that And she's saying those kind of things it's It's this it's, it's a bad faith argument Argument, but she's yes. saying some things that make sense and of course it's going to twist in Anakin and I think Obi- Obi-Wan and, and, and Ahsoka are going to have a different way of looking at it. Yoda Mace everyone's going to have a different way of looking at it uh and other people are going to be like yeah we shouldn't be generals yeah we are sacrificing our stuff and yeah we might be in too deep to the Republic here but you always talk about Joseph about context or Justin for the Jedi of some of the purpose and Anakin's purpose is 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 a little different than theirs and I think it's well played and it ends up making sense to me because the first watch through I was like I totally forgot he just kind of he's flirting with her and he's he's playing this game. He's undercover. At what point would you not just chop her head off? And it's to, to see how it, it it's being used and by Melchin and, and Gilroy just writing it so well of just like now you can see where Palpatine's making his magic. Now we can see where he's twisting that knife. She is a kind of an example of that. And and and, and again, call it this signpost on the road to failure.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I really like it. It's one of the things that makes the episode kind of dark and, and complex for me because, yeah, no, Anakin's uh, plan is a, a relatively familiar one. It's it's a, a different, kind of uh, much more awful version of, uh, you know, I'll pretend to be the guard, you pretend to be the prisoner. <laughs> yeah. We've seen that seen that a bunch. Uh, that's basically, you know, kind of a, a practical plan to get close to the queen. Mm-hmm. But then with this this wanting to charm her, right, Uh, and wanting to stay close to her there's even kind of a a, a slightly upsetting joke about Anakin being good at playing the master yes it feels like he's dancing with I don't just want to get get I don't want to just stop the queen obviously he does Mm -hmm. but it's like he wants to get close to her and control her or beat her you know not not physically like defeat her Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on some like philosophical level or just like gut level. Like he almost wants to like, he doesn't just want to stop her. Like he just wants to cut down the other Zygerians. He wants to like dominate the situation to have that sense of control and sense of power Mm. that makes him feel like if I have this, if I'm in control, then no bad things can ever happen, you know, then Mm -hmm. I can fix it. And and it just, it feels like a little bit of a manifestation
4: of that, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting relationship. She's, she's, uh, she's a, I don't want to say compelling, like I'm rooting for slavers. Um, but she's, she's, it. she's, she's just, it. it's an interesting storyline. It's an interesting relationship between them two. And look, you know, there's this, uh, little bit of seduction going, a little bit of flirtation. She's a, she's a, she's a pretty coyote bean, um, you, know, <laughs> Anakin, uh, you know, and Anakin, you know, his undercover job taking him cl- too close to the edge there, buddy. Uh, and it's all wrapped up and it's all intriguing. The second viewing was more rewarding for me the first time of, of really stopping to analyze why Anakin, again, I'm rooting for him to do bad things here, I guess, but, um, you know, just playing along and how you could do that. And, and it just, again, it, 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 it playing against the backdrop of, of his overall story. It was powerful and she's an interesting character because of that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm
0: with you. I, like I said, when I first watched this arc, I I had some frustrations. Um, you know, one of my sometimes pet peeves is I don't want the Jedi to be underpowered. Right. Um, yeah. uh, so I think I always had myself a little bit in that headspace, as as well as like being shocked by the sheer amount of abuse poor Obi-Wan takes, but watching this again to see, uh, you know, along with Ahsoka being a contrast to Anakin, I feel like Obi-Wan is right. Of like when he challenges, uh, darts Denar. I don't think he has any, any, you know, misunderstanding that he's going to get pounded yeah. <laughs> and barely be able to keep his own, but he is doing it without question to, to save the other Gruta. Right. And and he doesn't, that's the thing is he doesn't, he's not feeling this like need to prove something or to dominate the situation. He's just being selfless. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then even once he gets uh, captured and is on Kadavo and it, you know, he's he's aware that okay this is what the battle is they want to break my spirit i know i i i can't push back i have to wait for the right opportunity because if i do anything they will hurt the other Togruta. so of course i can't have that happen but i'm not gonna let them break my spirit you know
4: yeah yeah
0: and so he he is just this is an episode where it looks like he is taking a lot of, of physical abuse because he is but i feel like it is showing the strength of his spirit
4: Hey, justice for Kenobi. <laughs> yeah.
0: So in this uh, grand argument of is compassion a strength or, or a weakness, it certainly is a, a a tool to to hurt people. But I think there is this great contrast where we see a lot of very specific moments of people working together, which feels like it's on purpose to me to yeah. contrast that like Anakin and Ahsoka, you know, having to, you know, being pinned down by their own sniper droids. But if they work together and take out one another's sniper droids, they can take out twin bombs at the same time. That's not that subtle of a, of a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that is very much about, you know, alone we can't succeed, but together we can, right?
4: I 100% agree. Everyone kind of playing their part, uh, including some big heroic stuff at the end with uh, Ular. And then what's that, Coburn? Is that co Coburn's the other guy's name? Uh, I think
0: so. Yeah, yeah. And there's that specific line of dialogue of uh, when when Anakin gets to Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan says, Anakin, you must realize this is a fight. You cannot win alone. And Anakin said, who said I was alone? And the triumphant Republic swoops in to save the day. Right. Yeah. Love that moment. It's like in that line of dialogue is, is calling out this idea of like, yeah, no, yes, absolutely. Compassion can be weaponized to hurt people, but it is also the better path and how people succeed together as well. And I think that the fact that the whole episode is really, the whole arc is whole is bookended mm-hmm. by the DeGroote being like, we would just like to have our colony where we do the arts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and by the end of it, uh, they are joining the Republic. They're becoming a part of something larger.
4: Uh, absolutely. And I, even in the opening, um, newsreel of, uh, you know, this great colony of, of, of uh, arts, uh, painting, music, and podcasting happening here on this planet. <laughs> but in the Clone Wars, they, uh, I forget the exact line. I didn't write it down, but in the Clone Wars, you know, that, you know, that ain't possible. Just stick, stick it by, by yourself. Um, yep. And that could be, you know, that's a, a haunting, maybe warning at the beginning, but where it ends up, you're, you're so right. And, and look, this is the big theme. This is Anakin's, uh, question to his mom or statement to his mom that we really connect to this a lot in Star Wars now. Uh, up to rise the skywalker and so there it is there it is again on display
0: yeah and if, uh, that is a perfect segue into the last uh, idea i wanted to discuss um mm. so i really do like that that each kind of major group they're not uh, they're not just they're doing their their actions there is real focus on what is their ideology right it is significant that the Togruta of Kuros are, are this peaceful society, right? That they're yeah. just trying to Bob Ross their way through the war. And that's right. because, because that's what they believe in, right? It's
4: <laughs> a, <laughs> you got me. Good one. It's
0: it, they're like they're a beautiful society, right? They're like, great. This is, yeah, full expression of creativity. Beautiful, right? Happy accidents all around. Happy accidents everywhere. And then I love that the Zygerians in a lesser arc could have just been evil, right? Mm-hmm. But they are fully aware of and absolutely verbalize their horrific uh, ideology, right? Uh, That's one quote from the uh, queen of slavery is the natural order of things. The weak deserve nothing more than to kneel before the strong. They are, it's not like, oh, I don't know. I was just raised this way. It's like, no, this, our society is built on this perspective that strength is everything.
4: Well, th- this is kind of what's up top of just like this is a very pers- purposeful use of this kind of scenario. You could easily make a, a, a fantasy sci-fi story just be like, oh, you know what would be great? Let's toss in some slaves. You know, right, right, right. And it could be so irresponsibly used as a story piece. This is not. And you analyze it and, and you deal with it and you deal with it in Star Wars. You deal with it for what it means to the bigger picture of the dark side. That's That Sidious speech is pretty chilling. Yeah. It's pretty chilling. Uh, yeah. No, we're going to need it. Slavery is a tool for the rise of the Sith. And uh, we, we we're back, baby. And they're back. Let's do it. Yeah. it's that's, that's that's
0: big stuff. Yeah, Zygerians are a little too close to us uh, philosophically, so can't yeah. let them run with it. Yeah, and then we, we've already discussed it a lot, but there is obviously just a lot on display of, like, well, who are the Jedi, right? Well, they're selfless, and they <laughs> uh, give of themselves to save others. Uh, what does that actually mean? How often is that a weakness? How often is that a strength? Uh, we get Queen Mirage's speech. That I, I agree with you about just totally being, like, um, a hypocritical, like, well, you're not good either, Jedi. <laughs> you yeah. know, you're you're slaves to the Republic, so you're not strong anymore, and I, and, and we hate you because you destroyed our empire, and we want to put our boot on our neck to prove that we can, uh, and seeing how the Jedi respond. And then this thing I really wanted to ask you about, mm-hmm. uh, since there's this highlight throughout the arc of what are different groups' ideologies, including the Jedi's selfless compassion, we get that beat at the end where uh, where uh, Agris, I believe, uh, is kind of smugly saying, "Well, a Jedi doesn't kill an unarmed prisoner," and then Obi Wan kind of gives the look to Rex, and Rex <laughs> yeah. is, has the classic, "I'm no Jedi." Yeah. How did you feel about that? What do you What did you feel like? For
4: you, that moment meant I felt. I thought about this a lot, Joseph. I felt it was a dirty, dirty cheat from Kenobi, and I loved it. <laughs> and. You know, it, it is just what it is. I, I don't think those two are on a slippery slope. Uh, uh you know, you, you could be again. All these, again, uh, we, you know, we're having a lot of fun discussing these three episodes of an animated program that we love. None of this is easy. None of this should be easy in life. It shouldn't be easy. These decisions. Uh, you know, maybe they should be, but you know, what I mean, it's like there's there's always these uh complicated shades of gray, and, and this was one of those ones of like, yeah, yeah, this is a shade of gray. Kill him, and and it's not just it's not just any. hits him in the chest the chair that flies into the wall (laughs) and explodes a little his face is smashed in
0: (laughs) yeah no i feel like it is a moment of humanity and and i would probably say even though he he's uh he's my favorite uh a moment of weakness from obi-wan like obi-wan does go through a lot and i feel like in a different moment uh rex would do the i'm no jedi and pull back and obi-wan be like rex rex that look to me is like, yeah, no, I'm not going to break my code. Yeah. But I'm not going to stop you from following your heart. Rex is a little bit of an Obi-Wan slippery slope.
4: I think. <laughs> I'm going to put the money on the counter and if you <laughs> take it, I'll be, I'll turn around. Um,
0: yeah. And- I didn't steal it. I just <laughs> looked the other way.
4: Uh And I, again, I'm okay with it. Obi-Wan is owed this one after uh, what he went through in this episode, this and uh, the, all these episodes
0: yeah yeah and and it kind of hints that we spent a lot of time with uh with the clones and we know rex isn't just just doing that to do it rex has got a code and this fits in his code it checks out checks it checks out all right we we had a lot to say about that arc because there's so much going on in it uh but before we take our break we always like to check in if uh in ways that this arc speaks to the larger story morality perspective of star wars what did you think about there
4: uh, I, yeah, I think there was a lot of the big stuff We, we touched upon a little bit uh, of it uh, uh, The slavery is this tool for the rise of the Sith And this big picture there And it and, and all kind of fuels uh, uh, fuels This idea of the dark side Having this belief of, of the weak needing to kneel before the strong You mentioned the Queen's quote Which is just to me a, a, this horrible example Of, of power and greed and, and the power you seek will never be enough We see it with the Queen We know Dooku, Dooku's going to experience that later on We know the Zygerians uh, This is a, 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 a you know, an extreme example of, of this power grab uh, and, and how the concept of serving feels like submission to the queen, right? There's this just like... Uh, it's like you you have compassion and empathy. What a, what a fool you have. You're, you you're submitting to other people. You should be great and powerful and strong. You should be brave, right? That's what having no fear is. I've seen the t-shirts. No fear means (laughs) you're strong. Uh, And and it's and it's, I think it is a comment on the Jedi and their ideas, uh, ideals uh, being compromised to some of the galaxy or just a Jedi being in this complicated position. Uh, And I, I like how it just kind of, ask yeah, so those big questions this is some stuff that i don't have all the perfect answers for it's just uh i love this is what the jedi are going through during this time and it's uh tough stuff tough questions
0: yeah absolutely and and i like that you know that that i guess truth to me that sometimes uh you know even if you really disagree with someone uh they can bring up a point that you find is valid and a lot of times it can be just a whataboutism right it's <laughs> oh yeah i was gonna call her clean, right. what about mean what about right because it is like well here's what you do that's awful okay um what are you doing and and that idea that to her compassion is absolutely weakness but if maybe uh her prime minister and her had a healthier relationship she would not have lost everything (laughs) yeah including her life so maybe connection and compassion isn't all bad
4: yep yeah
0: yeah um, I think that's the thing that really resonated for me. One of the many things that I love about the movie Solo, and I know you and I uh, both love it, and this is something that that uh, popped for me in that kind of first weekend's, weekend of viewing, and we, we've talked about it a little bit, but I feel like Solo really presents these kind of two uh, options for mm-hmm. looking at how uh, people and systems interact with one another, right? Uh, yeah. Kira has this bittersweet opinion that this is the way it is, everybody serves somebody. Yeah. And uh, when Rio is passing, he, he is kind of uh, uh, underlining Val's uh, philosophy that everybody needs somebody. Uh, you know, Kira doesn't think she's going to get out of this trap. Uh, Han thinks he's alone, but he, he really needs somebody. He's with Chewie, you know, could go on and on about that film. But the point is, I feel like that big idea of how do you look at the world, the galaxy? Does everybody serve somebody? Are you always going to be underneath somebody else? Mm-hmm. Or is it more everybody needs somebody? We, we you know, we need support mm-hmm. uh, and structure to get through this together. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. is it all of us with linked hands or is it everybody is on top of somebody else?
4: Hands across the water. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, look, I, and I think a little bit ties. Uh, maybe I'm off base here, Joseph, but like ties to some of the stuff with Anakin. I was saying up top of, of left to deal with some of these big things alone. And that's a, a problem I think uh, that can happen in in even our society and and i'll say but typically with with men who feel as though they have to be left on an island to be this strong type i I don't i I can handle it when when really maybe you can't and you maybe need the help of others and maybe you need the uh, different people around maybe you need to ask for help and i think anakin has been allowed to again swallow some martial hand grenade uh and i think it all fuels uh, into some of the bigger choices uh fuels the bigger choices i should say um yeah so anyways i don't know if i'm off base there but i think it connects in some way
0: Oh, I think so. Absolutely. I think, I think uh, Anakin is coming from the perspective of everybody needs somebody and through this, you know, manipulation and his pain and his, his fear of, hey, if, if I'm a selfless Jedi, you know, what, what wants am I denying? You know, mm-hmm. he ends up in an everybody serves somebody uh, situation, yes. literally, and philosophy.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's, I wrote down the center of Anakin and fear-based attachment leads to him taking a deal that will give him the power to keep the, those he loves alive. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> Lost on on right. island, left alone, You, this is the decision he makes, and this is the decision he'll make again, uh, fatally, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, my last uh, big picture observation is just a small one, but it's one that really entertains me, uh, and it tracks through the Clone Wars how much Dooku, unaware of the big picture plot of Sidious, just <laughs> really wants Obi-Wan and Anakin to just die already. They are just absolute annoyance and he just wants them to die.
4: We'll discuss one of the best comedy moments yet the second
0: <laughs> I think we have the same thing <laughs> written down so uh, let's take a quick break and get to that. We will be back in just a moment. And we are back to continue our discussion of the Clone Wars arc, the absolute horror of the Zygerians. We are going to talk about some of the moments that we uh, really enjoyed and responded to. We're going to start with action. There is a lot of action in these three episodes. Some of it uh, quite upsetting, I think, but some of it very fun. What were some of the fun moments for you?
4: Look, a slaver going face first into a monitor after being stabbed in the chest, I think is fun. (laughs) comedy. There's a lot. Look, there's a there's a, you know, Star Wars drawing from so many different uh, genres and motifs and styles and movies. There's a lot there that Nigerians to me, I I couldn't really find any specific notes in doing research for this episode. But they have a lot of uh, Egyptian vibes to me, <laughs> including the uh, slavery side. Yeah, uh, I would definitely say like ancient world for sure. right? Ancient, well, yeah, ancient world. Yeah, I want to make sure Yeah, I'm talking about, yeah, uh, biblical times here, kids. Um, uh, yeah, so there was a lot of that. So there's that. But there's the first episode has a lot of Old West action. We got, some, we got some Star Wars Western stuff, and to me, I felt you had an Old West horse chase that's just speeder bike <laughs> chases, and even at one point when they jump on the ATR a- 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 teams, Anakin and Ahsoka, they're on like a couple slow clod hopping horses trying to get back into the action there, but I loved all of it. I called it the easy rider speeders with the sidecars there. Yeah, no, that
0: was that was really just like, wow, the Clone Wars is just having fun, right? That uh, suddenly we were introduced to biker droids. I mean, they don't look that different, but, you know, they call them biker droids, which is great. And then like, (laughs) yeah, the fact that they're these are speeders. But wait, they have swiveling sidecars with
4: blasters on them. (laughs) Dennis Hopps in the sidecar shooting.
0: Yeah, I, I think I, I'm not an entire expert on the uh, timeline of the Clone Wars toy line, but by now I think it, the toy line itself had slowed down a little bit so they weren't making anything, but it, it felt like, hey, <laughs> you guys want a new speeder toy? Because this is cool. Like, that's in a great way. And I, I like that long, one beat where Ahsoka's blasting away and then she just jumps off and cuts the head off a droid and jumps back onto her sidecar.
4: Okay, yeah, okay. I wrote that down too because I, I called it, uh, where did I put it no, but just... I mean, she chops his head off like it's like she's Dexter. Like and she's just <laughs> like, oh, I got a code and I'm gonna kill. Like it was, it was uh, <laughs> tipped a tip of a cap to to Ahsoka there. It was great stuff.
0: Yeah, tonight's the night, indeed. A little <laughs> Dexter Ahsoka crossover. Uh, yeah. So I, that initial uh, uh, fight was great. Uh, I, I tried not to write down all Obi Wan things, but I wrote down a lot of Obi Wan things. That's fair. Um, That's fair. I really like the, Obviously, uh, when Darts Dinar is just beaten the, the stuffing out of mm-hmm. poor old Kenobi, I like that moment where Obi Wan is still focusing on the mission, which is to keep Darts Dinar distracted and not mm-hmm. knowing that Anakin and Ahsoka are uh, are you know defusing the bombs. Right. So he he Dinar is distracted by the message on the comm unit. So Obi Wan punches him and then shatters the comm unit with Darts his head. <laughs> yes. Is like that was that's, you know, an action move that is tactical.
4: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, you have more. I mean, f- feel free. Kenobi yourself out here. Uh, this is, Oh, yeah. End uh, of Kenobi. So let's do it. Uh,
0: there's also just it was satisfying, you know, when uh, in the second episode, uh, I, I like the breeze acts. There's a lot of great stuff with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the big gilded or the big uh, gliding monsters gliding lizards oh, yeah. uh, but there's that moment where uh, once Obi-Wan has discovered I believe Governor Rashti of the port Gruta in the pit and he jumps up on the brizak and then throws his the Igerian directly down into the pit that he just rescued the oh, governor from yes
4: <laughs> a lot of people go do some fallen uh, in these episodes these are some great
0: falling args
4: yeah um what,
0: th- what are those
4: what are those creatures called again Breeze Breezax. See, I know uh, you're still prepared for any trivia questions uh, contests that break out among us. Uh, I, I, I just called them flying lizards, and now I want one. Oh,
0: they're great. Uh, there's that one moment where did you see that they're kind of like almost hopping on the air, like they're flapping, but it almost looks like they're hopping on a cloud. It's great. Ah, I love great stuff. stuff. Love lizards. Um, yeah, another moment uh, in the second episode that I liked is. Uh, it was kind of an action moment, but it was more a <laughs> uh, a moment of resistance when Ahsoka is in that cage dangling off the building uh, where she just gives that slight push uh, to the Zygerian uh, and he almost falls over the edge and then he elect- erect- electrocutes her. So it's that like, yeah, yeah, I know you kind of have me in a cage, but also please be aware that I could throw you off of this building at any moment. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, 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 yeah. We should point out at one point again, Anakin gets electrocuted. A long line of... Anakin, get ready.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I I had that down in the lore. But, yes, he, yes. he gets uh, electrocuted by whips and once again by Sith Lightning. He's taken a
4: lot of Sith Lightning. <laughs> uh, I'm not laughing at you, Anakin. And I'm just wishing you could have picked up on the clues.
0: Um, I want that uh, special edition of Revenge of the Sith now that we have the Clone Wars animated series when uh, when Palpatine says to him, "Is like, well, he cut off your arm. It's only right you wanted a vengeance. He also shot you with Sith Lightning many, many times. Many times. Many times. <laughs> yeah. What else do you got on your action list?
4: Well, in that Kenobi uh, fight there at the beginning, which reminds me of that uh, Kids in the Hall uh, ongoing sketch of uh, McCullough and McKinney playing the troubled uh, uh, relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, and he's always getting his ass kicked and she's always yelling, stay down, stay <laughs> down, just Kenobi. But he was doing his job. But in that, when it ends, when it finally ends, and he's like, finally, it took, it took long enough. And he crunches those droids, the, the assassins. Yeah. So- in watching this episode, I am setting up. A lot of times when I watch these, the first time I'm setting up the notes, you know, I'm kind of looking up, looking down, looking up, looking down. That happened, and he crunched him. And I literally went, whoa, what? And I had to start, <laughs> play it again. I was like, I had no memory of that. And it is one of those, that's pretty cool, Star Wars moments. I loved it.
0: It's a really great moment. And, and I, I really like it because it shows you that, like, yeah, he's doing his best to kind of fight back against, uh, against Darts Denar, but he's just he's just waiting right and yes. then he's like nope oh, look uh this was me hold i was holding back on my power on purpose yes
4: yes <laughs>
0: i meant to get my ass kicked says obi-wan kenobi by uh shattering those two droids
4: i meant to do that yes
0: <laughs> yeah that was a great moment the great obi-wan moment uh Another Obi Wan moment for me. Jumping into that uh, third episode is it, it is just satisfying after all of the uh, the horrible uh, brutality where he when he gets moving uh, when he and Rex start fighting back and he uh, ducks that laser blast to the face by just bending over a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he immediately lifts his arms up and gets the Zijarian to shoot his own bonds off. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I. No. Yeah. And Obi Wan even has a look of huh. All right. Imagine that.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. I still got it. Um, yeah, and we, we talked about it, but I wrote it down here. Of the, it, It's one of those moments where you're almost like, cool, when Anakin plunges into that hallway, and I think he does the behind-the-back final stab. Yeah. You know, and there's that, that part of him, he's like, oh, you're right. Yeah, wait. Oh, no. <laughs> and you get that question, look from Ahsoka. It's a really effective moment of action. I'm not going to call it just fun. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's yeah, some darkness, but it's still cool.
4: Yeah, uh, I love uh, the we, last couple um, arcs here of really uh, justice for the ATRTs. It's, uh <laughs> Normally, I seem, think they're kind of useless tech. Like, I wouldn't want to be on one. You're up and exposed. <laughs> like, yep. One well, of my favorite pieces of tech. But I love the use of it. Then Anakin and Ahsoka l- doing that super leap off of them, double tapping the X button to get up to the the cruiser, uh, the ship. I, I really like that moment. I thought, I thought that was really cool.
0: Yo, oh, yeah, no, I, the the mega leap there, both from the ATRTs and then from Anakin and Ahsoka, is really cool.
4: It's when you have to time that that video game leap. You press X and then you press X again.
0: And you can really only do that jump like halfway through the video game once you have learned the double leap power.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. After <laughs> the mentor shows up and says, well, "Remember this lesson you learned?" Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, speaking of uh, of cool Jedi moves. Man, uh, uh, some good, you know, uh, fighter-to-fighter action. But in particular, uh, Plo Koon cutting his engines and oh. his Jedi Starfighter just flying backwards.
4: That was awesome. Enr R7, I, that, that Joseph had got a four exclamation point note for me. <laughs> it was really good, Great. man. Yeah, it's good. You know, Plo Koon doesn't get a lot of credit. Not He gets a lot of credit maybe by those in the know. But, he, you know, he's uh, not the only one who appreciates him. That was a good movie. The- that was, it felt almost
0: like it was justice for Plo Koon, who in Revenge of the Sith gets, you know, shot down in a starfighter in the back, like a, you know, clown.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> Like a Keldor clown. Uh But, and this was like, what What if he did the opposite? It's like, it's like Dave is coming to every meeting for four seasons now <laughs> with this scene. And they're like, no, Dave. And finally they're like, all right, Dave, we're going to put that in, justice for yeah justice for
0: flo Koon. uh and i i only have one more beat what do you have some more uh
4: i had that one there anakin destroying the other cannons was a whole good sequence there you meant a bit but i uh, love that um yeah at the moment there's again a lot of people getting tossed off some in in very uh just frightening haunting fashion but um anakin tossing that slaver off the ledge and just, they you stay stick with that camera angle for a long time and then <laughs> cut down and i guess he survived i don't know he lands in a like a that of fruit at the uh, you know uh, at, the, at the market there but uh it just uh they i loved that they just it's so brutal they just kept with that shot of ah.
0: yeah they stuck with it for a while which was yeah. great and it did have it was like the anakin violence ramping up of like well, let's go a little bit more of the he-man where he just throws the villains in the mud like it's okay he landed on a fruit cart <laughs>
4: yeah yeah
0: i don't think the other zigerians that he hacked apart with his lightsaber landed on the fruit cart safely yep yeah.
4: Uh, and the only final final one, uh, I mean, we talked a lot about Rex killing uh, Argus there, uh, the, the, yeah. you know, but uh, Anakin uh, and the poor, the poor Blixis. Look, the, I'm not saying I want a Blixis as a pet or that I wouldn't <laughs> have chopped it up to uh, in that scenario. Uh, it's, it's a harrowing sequence and it's a, uh, you know, another Star Wars character that likes to, uh, a creature that likes to kill you uh but it's just like look that thing doesn't know what to do is there another way you could push it back into the cage or something uh and i'm not just seriously criticizing the episode too much but if i just had this guy a friend of mine who i've known for years uh he's one of those guys that knows i'm a star wars fan but unfortunately he doesn't know how much of a star wars fan i am so he's like hey i'm playing fallen order great game yeah and i wrote back sure wasn't cool with the uh, uh, philosophy of killing innocent animals. Didn't align with Star Wars morals. And he was just like, I'm just trying to say it was a cool game. And I was like, <laughs> I, you know, never ask a Star Wars podcast that question. I just, I, it was a great sequence. It was a, it was a horror sequence. That monster in the mouth, it just just was, it was just hungry. Just wanted to treat.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, that's, uh, in fact, it just, uh, you know, you get that feeling that it is, it's kept on the ship, right? Like it's, it's... Yeah. uh uh, like the Anubas, I think, in the Citadel, right? Like yeah. they uh, are probably trained by their not very nice <laughs> yeah. owners yeah. to behave that way.
4: Yeah. Again, I again, if I was in that spot and I had a lightsaber, might do the exact same thing in the, oh, yes. the moment. But uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. But uh, yeah, we
0: we got a message a little while back from a, a, a listener who was going through playing Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, o- only killing animals when you absolutely have to, because a lot of the, a lot of them you can navigate. Uh, yeah. they will come and ram you while you are looking for clues. Uh, mm-hmm. but clearly, uh, this listener had had uh, mastered the game and was uh sharing that that he had managed to uh to turn it into a Jedi lesson by going through a lot of the game without hurting anywhere near as many animals. That you know
4: right. what? Respect, respect. Uh, I am there for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh Final action moment for me is uh after all of the uh, the horror. Uh, Ahsoka catching that terrified Tagruda and just really being this resounding moment of uh, "I am here to save people." That's what this is about. It was really nice.
4: I actually liked a lot of it. Um, that whole sequence because another one falls and the cl- couple clones have to save him. One almost falls. It's almost if it wasn't so tragic i would say it's comical cuz i'm like why is everyone just falling you clumsy <laughs> but it's just it just speaks to the tension of the moment and and there to save the teamwork the connection uh not being alone i think you're so right to to connect it to that but yeah i'm there with you on that as well
0: yeah there there were a lot of falling to Gruta, uh, for mm-hmm. sure uh, let's get on in then on moments of uh, comedy whimsy weirdness uh, what were some of your favorites
4: yeah absolutely uh, i well, okay. I don't, I don't want to ever take some of the Kenobi ones there. Um, Oh, feel free. I, I did like the first, uh, w- when he, he jumps in, uh, you know, cause he does this later on with Grievous and the, in the great, uh, famous hello there, but darts is talking. And then Kenobi kind of walks in and does the do tell. <laughs> <It's> just, he's, <laughs> he's the best. Kenobi's really a sassy, sassy man. and doesn't get enough credit for being that. Uh, and I like that. And then, uh, I I'll, I'll toss one there and then toss back to you just the, um, uh, let's hope Obi Wan shares our luck, and they do a just a smash cut to just <laughs> ass kicking that's going on.
0: Yeah, I believe kicking him in the side so hard he gets air. Yeah, is a it's a brutal one. Yes. Uh, they're they're just making sad noises. Uh, but when Ahsoka's uh, chopping up B one battle droids near that first bomb, obviously yes. something she has to do. <laughs> one of them does go why?
4: Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh, I, if anyone listening, if you know, I, I haven't seen it, but if anyone can find just an interview or anyone involved in Clone Wars talks about the ongoing story of the the battle, the ballad of the poor battle droids in the Clone Wars, I'd love to know.
0: Boy, man, I would have got an opportunity to talk to Matthew Wood sometimes. I would love to ask him how he feels about that.
4: Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's very clear. It's just from the beginning of the Clone Wars. Very clear. It's used for comedy, but it's also used for. These poor things were bred for oppression. They didn't even know.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of which, that was one of my other favorite ones. Hmm. Uh, when uh, Darts Denar programs the tactical droid to blow up, and the tactical yes. droids are almost always much more cold and calculating their tactical droids. Yeah. <laughs> he has a, Sir, how could you?
4: Yes. Get it <laughs> off. Get it off. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's really sad. And also, like, I wrote that down as a moment of comedy, but this is yet another moment of, like, these, you know, the, the bad guys are are walking through uh, life thinking everyone but them is expendable. The only goal is to be yeah. more powerful than everybody else, including the people that in theory are there to help you.
4: I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Purpose uh, reaching.
0: Yeah, on a less deep note, uh, I believe it's the establishing shot of the, one of the establishing shots of the second episode when a Kwakian monkey lizard is just knife fighting in the streets.
4: (laughs) Yes, there's some great marketplace cameos of like, you know, species or characters. Nick's, Nick's card, I think I saw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't look up what what this species is he's he's fighting, but uh, I just love that. Like this, this is a brutal place. Look, a monkey lizards just knife fighting <laughs> in the streets. It's wild here. Wild.
4: <laughs> love that. Love that. Uh, one of my favorites. It's uh, yeah, when Dooku arrives. Uh, he, he, just horror all around him. He's going to a slaver planet that he's helping to reestablish. He's a Sith Lord, and he's just sitting there with his legs crossed over, like he's going to a cotillion. Just the, just the inherent comedy of uh dooku is one thing i love
0: yeah absolutely um th- there's a uh um a lot of uh, recognizable um species or alliances that we'll talk about in the lore section but there's a, a moon or mun uh mm-hmm. watching the um the what the the I can't forget, uh, I forget what the actual word is The The selling of the slaves The auction, the auction. there we go the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And when they march poor uh, Obi-Wan up <laughs> He says the Jedi are not so tough <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Love it that is a great one, uh, and then my final one is the one I think uh, both you and I have. So I, I'm more than happy to have you share your finals as uh, well as that, that one.
4: Yeah, no, you're talking about the Dooku sipping a, a nice drink as the Queen's going on, and he just says he doesn't care. He doesn't. He's not. He knows what he's here to do. Uh, but when it gets to the Kenobi suffering, he says i'm listening
0: (laughs) yeah he's kind of marching in there to say this is the way it is you shouldn't be doing this i want this to happen uh and then the queen says obi-wan kenobi is in despair (laughs) he says i'm listening (laughs) (laughs) i think there's a part of me is like is that too i'm not bothered by it at all i love it but like i think at different points in my fandom i would have been like is that a little too on the nose of kind of Uh real world of like what uh but it's it's so funny to me because it Throughout this episode, it's just like, oh, I want them to die.
4: <laughs> yes, yes. It, it it goes beautifully into that theme of Dooku, but yeah, no, I love, love it.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, by far for me, the uh, comedy
4: whimsy highlight. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, any more for you? Uh, well, no, no, no. We, we uh, uh, got it. Uh, I did the, the, there's a great line from, uh, I think it's uh, Kenobi. Or what is happening it is attracting plenty of high-class scum, I think is the word. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, lots of high-class scum, which uh, we'll talk about here in the uh, canon lore connections. Uh, we mentioned this at the top, but I actually did just wanted to ask you about it. So uh, I hadn't known this until we dived in a little bit uh, deeper uh, on this watch, that this arc is uh, a an adaptation of a comic book, uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars Slaves of the Republic uh, comic book arc. Uh, that I believe was also written in the comics by Henry Gilroy, but uh, written to happen kind of in a different period of the Clone Wars. Mm Asajj Ventress was in it, Uh, Ahsoka was younger, Uh, so obviously they liked it, wanted to adapt it, but they had to change it up for the television show. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what I wanted to ask you about is, you know, we've been going through this uh, period in modern canon where events aren't erased from comics or books, but when they're brought to the screen, they're a little bit reinterpreted and you know fans have different uh, strong opinions about this uh but this was this was affecting to me of of that uh sort of uh, evidence that EU uh, or legends whatever you choose to call it was never sacred when it came to star wars on screen always trumps right
4: yeah 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 and look anyway, and and, and there's two sides to it of 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 and and you and I've um, ex- expressed our opinions a little bit on on some of the legends EU stuff and 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 what we've always said is you know, there's always some good stuff in there. There's always some characters there. And I think this is an example of, yeah, um, they looked at this and they didn't say this is gospel. They said, yeah, great. Let's adapt it. We need to change some things, including the time frame and the designs of the characters because it was a different time. Uh, but also it shows, yeah, there's clearly uh, all through that era, great stuff, great concepts, great things that uh, can still to this day be reworked. Uh, And I am always open to that. Uh, Thrawn, you bringing him back? Great. All right. Let's see how you do it. All right. Mara Jade. Everyone still want Mara Jade? I don't. Let's see how you can do it and do it a little differently, but take a great concept, move it. I think this is a great example on all sides of that discussion of the EU and proof again that George back then was like, no, no, it doesn't matter. Just put it what we want into the story.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, th- I think it's great that Henry Giller Roy was uh, was clearly involved in in adapted uh, the story, and I'm so glad that the story did make it to the screen because I think it is an important part of this whole whole era, whole story. Hundred percent, hundred percent, excellent. All right, so onward to some other things. Uh, I w- was confused, I uh, was like about those birds that uh, pop up. And I'm like, are those uh, Convores? Uh, no, those are Kiros birds or Kiros. So, right. if you're collecting birds in Star Wars, Ken. Those are Kiros. <laughs>
4: Those are Kiros. Closely, yeah. <laughs> uh, it probably may be cousins or something, right? But uh,
0: maybe, yeah. Uh, I mean, the Blixis, we saw this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about this last week uh, because in the previous arc with Ponkrell, we meet the Vixus. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll read again what did they have there on Star Wars Wikipedia. Uh, they shared a common ancestor with the Rathbar Vixus and Sarlacc, all possessing a large maw, tentacles, and a voracious appetite. Each was native to different worlds, and the different species had adapted separately to become great hunters in their specific environment. Mm. Again, the Blixis'
4: environment apparently is the back of a cargo ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, like I said, I'm I'm a big time animal lover, but uh, you know, I uh, respect snakes enough to stay away from them. So we all have. Certain, you know, the Blixis and these Sarlacs and these Rathars, Tars, eh, you know, not my favorite.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, all big bitey tentacle creatures causing problems throughout the galaxy, no matter yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> no matter where they're encountered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh a not uh a an ancestor with uh, the Blixis, Rathar, Vixis, and Sarlak is the Breezac. Uh this is the great Zygerian uh gliding lizards uh, that we see throughout the episodes. Uh the the last mm-hmm. two in particular.
4: Uh, it's just really cool, isn't it? Uh, yeah, again, speaking of, I, I, so I don't love snakes, love lizards, love, I've had some iguanas as pets and, uh, our backyard here, and, and a lot of people's backyard, it's been Burbank, like Grace and I just have this backyard that just attracts 50 uh, lizards every day. And it's like my favorite thing to walk out and try to try to communicate with them. They run away. Uh, so I just love any kind of design like this. This is uh, also uh, uh, why uh, I love, uh, you know, Kenobi's Mountain in uh, um, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I love those kind of creatures. So love the design. Love about love a Breeze Act. Want one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That one shot where they're kind of flap hopping in the air. Uh So, so great. And uh, the Brzezak and, of course, the Zygerians also pop up in Bad Batch. And I I think it's a great, uh, Mm. uh, in some ways, continuation of this episode from the Zigerian perspective of of showing like, yeah, all right, the Republic's fallen. Let's get back to business.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, you're right to point that out, too. I remember we discussed it then, too.
0: Yeah. Um, a couple of just a uh, little things. Uh, Waxer and Boyle were the uh, clones uh, in in Obi under Obi Wan's command who made friends with Numa back on Ryloth. Uh, Waxer sadly died in the previous arc, but we learned in this arc Boyle lives at least yes. for now. For now, for now. <laughs> so that was nice. Uh, those sniper. Droidicas uh, that pinned down Anakin and Ahsoka. Very cool. I looked them up. Uh, they appear in one other Clone Wars, I believe, book, but mm. those were also just damn cool, right?
4: Uh, yes, uh, I actually did make a note of that. I skipped it over. And the I guess it was an action moment I wanted to talk about. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, the Droidicas have always been one of my favorite Star Wars designs, even in 1999 when I would tell you otherwise. Uh, absolutely love them, uh, and that's just a great little uh, little model. Hey, you know, you have biker scouts, snow troopers, shore troopers. You need have different droidicas. Yeah,
0: exactly. I hope they uh, pop up more places because those are awesome. Yeah. Um, moving into one of the big canon lore connections that I'm so curious to hear your opinion about. Uh, mm. Not only does R2 uh, carry and then eject a lightsaber for a hero, uh, he does it for Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka, which is a total of four lightsabers. Yeah, yeah. But then we get it complete with um, the sequence of nods from the heroes involved and the finger salute uh, from Return of the Jedi. So, where are you at with this, Ken? Is this uh, is this too much? Uh,
4: R two shoots a lightsaber poetry. <laughs> yeah, and and there's that music cue too, right? Like it's it's there. Um, here's the thing. No, at this point, no. Um, I could see at one point maybe me going, I get it, I get it. And I could see someone right now saying something, everything, and I wouldn't disagree, or would definitely wouldn't fight you on it. I'm also not here to fight with anyone on Star Wars stuff, or try to avoid that, uh, yeah, for my own health. I, I, I at the end <laughs> of the day, I, I do love it. I do love it. Um, now, for me, my head Canon goes like this: uh, in trying to get into, because also I think the connection goes. And you did a big Star Wars counseling uh, on Luke's plan in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yes, it, it's Anakin's plan is not unlike Luke's here bunch of things happen and they make the best of it. Uh, And so maybe R2 had some conversation with Luke about that. You know, hey, you know, put the lightsaber in here. Trust me, this works. How do you know it works? Just trust me. Trust me, this works. I like
0: it from the perspective that R2 told Luke, like, look, I'm just, I'll hold on to your lightsaber. You have whatever plans you want. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. When those all go south, I will shoot you your lightsaber. You give me the salute. That's what I prefer. That's the gesture that works for me. That's the one I know. <laughs> That's the one I know. That's the one I work with. Then it's all great.
4: Yeah, yeah. So and from that angle, again, we, we always, Star Wars needs to be fun. And and I think there, nostalgia becomes this dirty word or references become a, a dirty word. And I understand they can sometimes be heavy-handed and overused. This is slightly heavy, heavy-handed, but I think it's really fun. And also this is, what, 2011? We're not, we're not, you know, this is, we're in a different time. We're celebrating uh, this kind of stuff more than breaking it apart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think it always has an element of the creators involved, right? I am sure, you know, if you talk to the director of that episode, I would not be surprised. I shouldn't say I'm sure. I would not be surprised to have that director just say like, that was always my favorite moment. We had an opportunity. It's so great. You know?
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's a part of that. I always think, uh, you know, and, and again, this is not like this particular moment, some hot debated moment in star Wars history here, Uh. But I guarantee if it was in a film, if this was if we saw this somewhere else, oh, there'd be 30, 39 videos the next day about how horrible this was. Yeah. Um. And I understand the spirit of that. But also that's the thing, too, is, is someone sitting around, Filoni, Gilroy. We talked about how in seasons one and two, it was a little bit more the hey, we're fans getting to do this. Can you believe it? And there were some more references. You were tracking them so well in, in the early episodes of Clonus Report. But it's just fun as a, a creator sitting there. And I, like you just said, that's my favorite scene. Wouldn't it be fun if, and the answer is more often than not, yes. Yes, it would.
0: Yeah. And I think the the thing that ultimately makes me come down on it uh, with a thumbs up is that it's actually works emotionally. It's a subversion. So if you know those beats, right, from the second that that R2 takes the lightsaber, like, you're ready to fist pump, right? Because- Mm -hmm. Uh, something horribly unjust is going on. Our heroes that we, you know, like and admire are being treated horribly. It just an awful thing needs to be stopped. And it's got that heroic flair and and you're feeling your return of the Jedi feelings of like the hero has come and they're going to put a stop to this. And then you get a total, just subversion of that where for like a very few beats, Mm Mm-hmm. It feels like it's going to be Return of the Jedi, and our heroes are going to fly away, high fiving because they beat the awful bad guys. And then, nope they're uh, yeah. <laughs> they're electrocuted and, and contained. Yeah, you know, so quickly. It's a subversion. I feel like it, it works on on an emotional level with uh, great intention to make you think it's going to be Return of the Jedi, and it isn't.
4: It isn't. Yeah, and I, I think that's great. I think it's it all works. And uh, again, fun moment moment with purpose, like you like you said there too. Which is at uh, the end of the day the big, I guess, measuring stick of, of these moments. Um, uh, and I don't mean to get into this, this weird tangent of defending it versus any modern day arguments, but it's like, you know, Luke lifts an X wing out of the water and we've got, you know, hate essays being published for days. And it's like, it's the same spirit, it's the same star Wars thing. And it's it's also done with good purpose, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a really great way to look at it is like, what is the purpose and, and mm-hmm. go from there. Um, You mentioned this and it was really fun to track uh, in the Star Wars galaxy uh, who would happily show up to an auction (laughs) to uh, purchase other sentient beings. Uh, Well, we have uh, the Mugen uh, who are in Alien don't feature a lot. They are the ones who uh, were selling, uh, you know, diluted, poisoned goods to Mandalore Mm -hmm. in that arc. Uh, we of course have a Nemodian. Uh, we have a Hut Gorga, in particular, I believe, and uh, that Moon or, or Mun, yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> who's very excited that the Jedi aren't so tough. <laughs> it's, it's very Newt Gunray, uh, 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 kill her or something. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and I might have missed some, but I, that was really fun to see. Like, yeah, these are these are the uh, groups of people. Who come from cultures uh, of ideologies of of greed and control and power right yeah, totally and and that's that's the thing too is i like that for a lot of these these groups like we know that that the modians are motivated by greed the huts are motivated by control uh, the the moons or Muns they they run the banking clan and they they have a different perspective of control and manipulation so yeah i really like that um Anakin mentions that Shmi was sold in a market just like this before the Hutts bought her. How did that land with you?
4: It uh, actually landed really well. It, it, was a, it was a great kind of, um, you know, I'm not dying to see the tragedy of Shmi being sold, but, it, you know, a little bit more of the history and, and, and getting a little bit more and just mm-hmm. knowing that, that that was known. That's a real story and that's something that's part of Anakin's life and history and, and why it would affect him. Because, again, it's all this trauma is not easy to process and not easy to just move past. So it, it, I, it was a great reference, a meaningful reference.
0: Yeah, I think I thought that was really powerful. I really enjoyed that. Uh, final thing that I wrote down is Anakin's cover name uh, when he is pretending uh, to be somebody in the the trade of uh, of giving Ahsoka away or. Or selling Ahsoka, his cover name is Lars Quell. <laughs> uh, yes. What did you think of him using Lars as a part of his cover name?
4: Uh, I, I uh, absolutely. You know, it, we we all can't have uh, Jackie Daytona as our cover name in a bar, but <laughs> I, I, I really, I, and 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 I love. I actually had to stop, and I was doing some some Wikipedia references uh, digging. On, was that a name that he took? Because he's mentioning that that one guy he kills and he's and the queen's like all about it and and you know it's like I, I was fascinated by the choice of that.
0: Yeah, this I I, I really think it's great that he's like um, Quell. That's a cool sounding name. Uh, what what else? Lars. Yeah. <laughs> or it just also like, oh wow, you're really not letting go of a uh, of your past that you're yeah. you're pulling names associated with uh, your drama.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, any other canon or lore connections that you noticed?
4: Uh, did you, let me. I, I just clicked off to go to Wikipedia. Um, yeah, no, we yeah we mentioned uh, Anakin Anakin being shocked again, and everything. It's just been it's been. Uh, I don't want to put say the word fun. I'll put quotation marks around that fun. Tracking Anakin getting shocked or electrocuted all through the Clone Wars, leading up to some of his bigger life events later on.
0: Yeah, there's a, a big video to be made of all of the scenes where Anakin gets electrocuted in some way, yeah. uh, comic books included. Uh, was there anything in this arc then that you disliked or questioned?
4: You you mentioned it. It's just one of those things. That I just I think we'd be remiss not to mention it. This is uh, uh, we talk about the the ever uh, correctly ever changing um, uh, you know uh, viewing audience and what we kind of want to see and what maybe we don't want to see and just. Uh, you have to thread needles sometimes. And this is a this is a, an orc about slavery, a very real thing. Uh, very, uh, you know, maybe important thing to discuss uh, all the ramifications of and how we got there and all these big things. And then, yeah, there was some uh, uncomfortable uh, this, this master slave humor with Anakin and, and Ahsoka that I don't know would stand the test of time.
0: Yeah, it was a little bit of banter that, like, maybe you could uh, find some different meaning out of it. But yeah, it was it yeah. was a little for me tonally. I think that's the thing. Sometimes, like, I I am bothered when I'm not sure when I can't read what what the tone is intending. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was it trying to get at deeper ideas, or was it like kind of having the normal like you know Anakin and Ahsoka have done this since their first meeting of like counting you know who who can get there faster or counting how many droids you've yeah. taken out? So a little bit of that kind of like fun ego bluster. Uh, it was like, but applied to a very different context, didn't feel as fun.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, and there's that. I mean, even there's some of the action. Like, I didn't mark a lot of action down for the second episode because I just remember at one point, I kind of put aside my laptop and I was like, "This is, uh, I don't want to. This is a dark. This is dark." <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh.
0: Yes. Exactly. Uh. Anything else? Uh. Do you want to bring up? Uh.
4: Disliking or questioning? Uh. No. And, and that again. I think again. You. you got a real uh, sensitive topic. Uh. And no matter what yeah. era you're writing this in. And uh, I think they really used. Uh, used everything uh, well to tell this important story. Uh, many layers to it.
0: Yeah, but I agree. I, just, I had just written down for, for myself my own notes. They're difficult episodes because of the topic. I think the topic is handled well, but it is it is still hard. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on?
4: No, 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 uh, not at all. I was good. I was jumping to the figures, but no, good stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I forget what's next uh, coming up for us. You'll let us know. But I yeah, I was like, whew, I'd love to have a little uh, fun 3PO Magic Elf episode.
0: <laughs> uh i think we got we got to wait a little while for the magic yeah. elfo. uh yeah. we, we will get to that in just a moment um there's nothing else that i wanted to touch on because there's uh so many great things in the episode we already talked about so let's get to uh figures or toys if you could have anything inspired by this episode what might you want
4: well i w- i had put down this uh admiral I, w- I went to look up his name and i couldn't necessarily find it but uh admiral coburn oh yes yes name um Kind of looks like an old, like they designed it after an old actor from the nineteen forties or something, like a, like a Jim Cagney or something. But uh, uh, he really does. Yeah, uh, I just like he had just a presence about it. it was a really interesting design. I, I'm sure we may have seen it before. We'll see him again. I don't. Know. I just so you know if we were in an era still where they were just making all those Clone Wars figures from every little corner of the show, I definitely would want a three and three quarter. <laughs>
0: He, he was a really uh, up your alley. Uh, he, he's yeah. just he's got that like steadfast military guy. Like he's I'm looking him up on, on Wikipedia and he's got that like that frowning mouth and that like, look, <laughs> it's got to be done. And I'm going to get it done.
4: What Joseph was saying is, is I root for Stannis Baratheon too much <laughs> and, and sometimes I connect with those characters And uh, yeah, he had, that, he had that look But uh, that was going to be an answer uh, And still is an answer But you've convinced me, I, I think And maybe we talked about this in the Bad Batch episode but You reminded me of that I do think I want flying Breezak glider toys
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's not entirely responsible of me, but I have a nice balcony here and a small balcony, but it's nice to have. And I could throw a Breezeck off of there and just watch it See, drift through the neighborhood.
4: That'd be a great TikTok video and <laughs> man, throw Star Wars glider off balcony. You know? <laughs>
0: Man throws breezak. Yeah, that's that's the TikTok video that's gonna go huge for somebody it someday. Would, it
4: would be better than Man Gets Hit and Crotch by Football. It would, it would definitely exceed those numbers.
0: Now if his man gets hit and crotch by flying breezak, uh, <laughs> there's that's gold.
4: Arr, my crotch. Yes, old Simpsons <laughs> references here on four center. Ooh. Um
0: <laughs> Yeah, so I, I would love, I was trying to think, like, I do want a Brizak toy, but you know what I really want? This is larger than a toy, but I want a Brizak ride at Galaxy's Edge. I want them to build <laughs> a large Breezac that can throw me in the air.
4: It'd be, well, it would be kind of, you could do that. You could do some big fancy one or like the old style rocket ship or Dumbo ride just on a you know, carousel <laughs> that lifts up. And you're just flying on uh, Breezacs or Gundarks or any, any kind of flying creature in Star Wars.
0: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't quite fit the aesthetic of Galaxy's Edge, but man, would that be great if it yeah. was just like the old school sort of like, yeah, you're, you're, it's, it doesn't, you don't go very high, uh-huh. but you're, you're riding a Varactyl, just is jumping, Breezac, yeah. yeah. which is gliding. God, oh, that'd be great. I love it. Uh, last toy for me uh, is, I am so enjoying collecting as uh, many Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi action figures as I can find and afford. I really like uh, the odd ones. Uh, I'm not happy about what he had to go through. But if there was a uh obi wans really bad day action figure <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: with all of the just the the tears and the dirt on his robes uh, i I would buy obi wans bad day action figure in a heartbeat
4: yeah any 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 scale but I, that might be a, a hot toy sideshow 400 dollars <laughs> detailed face bruising <laughs> that'd be, that'd be bad.
0: I think that one might be worse for me I'll keep it smaller I, I want a three and three quarter. <laughs> nice uh nice vintage mm-hmm. all right next up ken is a really fun one i can't yeah. wait to to talk about this one uh, fun it uh, was maybe not the right word it is not uh 3PO meets a magic elf it's uh, one episode season four episode 14 a friend in need uh there is some heavy stuff but there's some cool stuff this is an ahsoka focused episode uh we got some bo katan uh this is an episode that uh I stayed up late after watching uh, Bo-Katan's live-action appearance in Mandalorian and then watched this episode. So I'm really excited to watch it with you because I think it's a great Clone Wars episode, but I think it has extra excitement uh, given uh, a lot of the characters' appearance in The Mandalorian.
4: I can't wait. And yeah, uh, you know, I I like that Bonteri family and uh, let's do it.
0: Yeah, a lot of Bond
4: action coming up. <laughs> uh, I also like that you kind of suggested that you and I go to a cabin and we get some hot chocolate and get some blankets and watch uh, Star Wars together. And I would want to do that. I think we should plan that.
0: Absolutely. A big cabin of Star Wars sounds great. Uh, I'll take my Breezak up there. Yeah. Um, what do you think the moral of this episode of our podcast should be?
4: Wow. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, in the darkest of podcasting hours, when clicks and views can be a challenge and uh, (laughs) everyone wants to uh, kneel to the power of clickbait, you can still find hope in being who you are.
0: Oh, that is great. Uh, Hope versus fear versus angry clickbaits. I love it. Uh, Do you want to let people know where they can find
4: us? I would love to. We're the Force Center Podcast. We can be found on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. I always say those every week, and they are a little less active than our other spots. But stay tuned. More things come into those locations. Uh, Also, uh, we're on Facebook. Remember Facebook? Uh, Get into the metaverse by liking us at the Force Center Podcast over there. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center, you can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. The podcast is available in a lot of different spots, including the classics like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Spotify, and more, including iHeartRadio. And don't forget, you can support us directly, if you so choose, at patreon.com slash Center. You can follow me at KatNapsok or go to my website, katnapsok.com, where you can link to things like comedy show dates, my music show, pop rock and radio, or more. And for Joseph, you're going to want to go to these spots.
0: Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And for all of my other comedy adventures, you can go to my website at josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Admiral Barton Coburn, this has been the Clone Wars Report.